everyone. I hope, I think we'll be able to finish out today and then turn it over to Brother Chris next week. And uh, so, so let's open First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, we're going to look at the verses 25 through 28 and close out First Thessalonians. So verse 25, brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that uh, we can look into your word. And, Father, we can trust every word of it. We can apply it to our lives and know full well that you uh, have, have written this word for us. And Father, as, as we apply this, these closing remarks of uh, 1 Thessalonians from the Apostle Paul, that we can see just how diligent he is with his word and how important it is for us to, to apply that to our lives. Father, we thank you now for this and ask that you would just guide and direct that these would be your words, that we would glorify you in all that's done. And we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, the final portion that we're, that we're talking about is Paul's conclusion. And every one of his epistles, he closed them out very nicely with some sort of uh, uh, benediction or salutation, however you want to look at it. And he, right here, is, is asking for prayer. And, you know, brethren, pray for us. And we've studied enough of his his words to realize that uh, he was in much need of prayer one that he would not be swayed from what he was supposed to be doing but also that he would focus on what was necessary and that for protection that, that was the biggest that he needed I mean the Jews were after him uh, he disrupted every city that he went into not his, that was not his intention to go in there and go oh yeah this new town. See what kind of trouble I can stir up here. You know, he, he just wasn't that kind of a person. He wanted to spread the gospel. And as a result, the gospel did the stirring up amongst people. It convicted those that knew that they were wrong. It was a saving force for everyone that was, was there that started those churches. And we're, we're seeing that uh, that the Apostle Paul, uh, no matter how he preached, something happened in those. So he was, he was asking for prayer, not only for himself, but for the group that was with him. And then, of course, for each of the churches that he was asking, because he opened almost every one of his epistles praying, said he's praying for those folks, that he um, was thanking them for their prayers for him. So he, he was encouraged by that. And if you, if you look... Uh, throughout there uh, that that he was also realizing that he still had he, he wasn't finished uh, and he was like any preacher I think pastor covets our prayers for him for his servant for for getting his sermons ready uh, how to how to run the church, how, how to make decisions for us. It's, it's very important. And, and, you know, honestly, has there ever been a time you've turned down prayer, Pastor? <laughs> Brother Chris, how about you? <laughs> Brian? <laughs> yeah, I think every one of us, 
you know, we do not turn down prayer. And I mean, our prayer list that we publish weekly is evidence that we don't turn down prayer. The folks that come to us that that ask for prayer. I mean, most of our, a lot of our family members, you know, they may not be walking with the Lord, but they know if there's something in their life, they can come to us and say, hey, would you pray uh, about this for us? They know that we're a praying group. And I think families all around around good Bible-believing churches know that they can go there and ask for prayer and know that they're going to be taken care of, that that prayer is going to go up. You know, and, and we can look in 2 Timothy and, you know, verse uh, chapter 4, and, and he's talking about, uh, you know, the, the, the Apostle Paul's talking about that he's not finished his course yet, but he, that he's run it, and he knows that that course has been filled with with prayer and he said you know there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not only me but to them also that love is appearing and he knows that those that love the Lord are going to be praying and praying earnestly for them you know so he he knew that his 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 time was limited each one of us knows our time is limited so we need to pray for each other and that's what the Apostle Paul is, is asking here. And we, we need to, to know that it's, it's continual prayer until we get into heaven. You know, it's like, okay, well, do we pray for those that are in heaven? Well, we just kind of pray for those that we pray that might be in heaven. Because I, I think when we get to heaven, we'll probably be surprised who's there and who's not there. And, 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 but I think that the prayer that's necessary is prayer well, encouragement, prayer for protection, prayer for intercession, you know, thanksgiving prayer, and, and we've gone down through them, but it's a sweet sound to God to hear his people praying for the leaders, for each other, for other church members, for other our missionaries, for other churches, you know, and, and I mean, the list can go on and on and on, and yeah, we could quit our jobs and, that, and just pray all the time. <laughs> That's possible. But we have to put food on the table, so we need to how to how to balance that. But but like he says, you know, brethren, pray for us, and he knows that safety, and and it it also keeps us humble, knowing that people are praying for each one of us, you know. And it's and you know without the the big you know signs and and, and wonders that that the first century church saw, but we know when people are praying for us. We might even feel a confidence for something like, wow, you know, that somebody's praying for me. I just really feel comfortable about this. Not that, you know, I'm perfectly ready for this thing. No, uh, but there's sometimes a peace that comes and that we know the people are praying for us. So that's what, what, he, what he's, he's, he's uh, putting there. And then along with that, greet all brethren with a holy kiss. Now, today we might get... A funny look if we walked up and did that. But, you know, we have to think of the culture and time. It's very common in the Middle East to come up for a man to kiss another man on the cheek. Women, very common. You know, come up for hugs and stuff like that. But here, in, you know, in the States, not too often that, you know, I might, we might get dirty looks from other people if we come up and kiss another guy on the cheek. You know, now it might be my son, grand, one of my grandchildren, or something like that, or maybe my my dad. You know, with our parents, that might be different. But here, within brethren, we shake hands. 
And, 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 and that's something to think about is how do we greet each other when, you know, you know the, the type of grip that you have. Some guys, when they shake hands, they want to see who's got the dominant grip. It's, yeah. Others, it's like, okay, I don't want to shake that guy's hand anymore. It's just kind of like somebody stuck a dead fish on me, you know? How many of you have ever had somebody shake like that? And, you know, it might be just because, well, yeah, just because. But, but handshaking, you know, it's not always restricted men to men and women to women. And, and the custom from a, a, a man to a woman is if the woman extends the hand, then it's appropriate to, to shake her hand. I mean, that's customary. Although we see people regularly extend their hand. And then, you know, we just have to be careful how we approach that. Because some people, you know, like hang on to that hand for a while. You know, they want to get a point across. They won't let you go because they're going to tell you everything they know about things. But, but they want to greet with people. And, and with the Apostle Paul, I can imagine when, when he met with somebody that was saved, and wanted to, to hear more when he saw them, they were eager to meet. So they probably had a hug and, a, and a, a, a kiss on the cheek. And it was a holy kiss. And it was, you know, nothing more than, brother, I'm glad to see you. And, and then it was men to men, women to women. It was never crossed over. Culture, culture demanded that. But I'm sure that there was other ways that men greeted women. And and women greeted men, you know, without it seeming the how the world will look at it. But there are appropriate ways. But 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 all of it's there is greet the brethren with a holy kiss. And it's and it's really there's real no place in in the church for not greeting somebody. I mean, I've I've had some people go, I'm not going back there. They didn't bother to shake my hand. Maybe you just gave them an air that you didn't want to have your hand shook, or you know, or demanding somebody shake a hand. I don't know, but it's it's the glad. I'm glad to see you, and 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 even well, like Brother Chris, a lot of times he'll come up and he'll shalom, <laughs> you, know, just, you know, peace. That's the other part of it. They might shake your hand, kiss on the cheek, and 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 say, peace of the Lord be upon you or something along those lines. Because that's what it really signifies. One, you're glad to see them. Two, you want the peace of God to, to be shared with them. And it was so important. And that's why, you know, when we greet people and and when we leave, that's the other. Is I'm, you know, glad to see you and, you know, let the Lord be with you as you go. And it's just, it's, and it's wonderful to, to let that be known. And, and it's an appropriate way to look at that. And then verse 27, this is the one that, that makes it interesting because I look at all the epistles and, you know, of course, if you've, if you've got a study Bible or something, it'll tell you the dates that things are written. And the book of First Thessalonians is one of the first uh, to be written. I think it's got AD 54 on mine. I don't know what some of yours has. But, you know, Paul is, is listing here, he says, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. So he's asking that I want my, that my letter to be read amongst everybody in this group. You know, and, and it's not just to the men, but it's written to everybody, and it, meaning the women and children. Oh, by the way, glad to see you here, Phoebe. 
<laughs> she graduated to adulthood yet? <laughs> no, but you know, it's, I'm glad to see you know that 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 the scriptures are read, and they're read publicly, and it's read in such a way that that everybody would understand it. You know, Deuteronomy uh, 31. Verse 11 through 13, it says, When all Israel has come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear, that they may learn, they may fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of this law, and that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as we live in the land whether ye go over Jordan or possess it so Israel was told to share the law but the Apostle Paul is saying that it's important for you to read not only that but I want you to read the letters the epistles that I've written I want them read to each church and as I looked through there I didn't see where he would was talking about telling others to read them but he probably implied that and it, 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 it was such that it was to be understood uh, amongst people not that only the leaders can read it because you know maybe he, he had a, a feeling that eventually uh, some people are going to make a demand that only the clergy can read and understand this word and we will tell you what it means that's not what he wanted he wanted everybody that's why we have a king james written and i think it's to like a fifth grade reading level or something like that on an average so it's meant for the common man and when it was translated most people couldn't read but guess what this is a great textbook this is what people learn to read from so the literacy rate was brought up as a result of translating it into the common man's hand. And the Apostle Paul wanted to make sure that was done. Uh, Timothy, he learned from, a, from an early age. It said, you know, from, uh, and that from uh, 2 Timothy 3.15, or, three, uh, or verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, uh, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first with thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded also in thee. And then 3.15, And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And it was made known, and this was the Old Testament. Well, he's stressing, please have this letter read amongst all of the people. And that they would learn that... Uh, that the common man can, can, can understand it. Everybody can, can read it and understand it. And, and that's what God wants. He figured if it's, if it's good enough for us to read to the Jews and, and to study it, then everybody needs to understand it and study it. And so this, this, uh, the ability uh, for everybody to read, and, and of course, as I was going through, it says in, in view of this Paul's plea, was at the close of the epistle, we can remark that this was a subject of express divine command that the people should have access to the Holy Scriptures. And it's sad that groups said, no, you can't read that. You're not allowed to read it. I mean, I was very surprised 
because I wasn't raised around Catholics or understood much of it. But when I was in the service, I had guys says, I'm not allowed to read that. What do you mean you're not allowed to read it? Do, do we have a priest on board the ship here for, for them to explain it to you? Um, and I have remember somebody had remarked, one of the popes said that you're not a good Catholic unless you are reading the scriptures. It was one of these uh, 60s and 70s popes. But he said, hey, if you're a good Catholic, you'll read the Bible. He said, you can't always have a priest nearby, so you've got to read and understand the Bible. And so these guys are like, I didn't know that. I said, well, you're not a very good Catholic then. <laughs> kind of surprised them a bit. I said, it's important. Why did God translate this into English? Why was it translated for us? And he's like, well, that makes good sense. You know, that. So he did. He started studying. He actually, we sat down and we used to talk quite a bit more about things. It's oftentimes a good point to, to that would we can use as a nice tool obviously we use it to lead people to the Lord but people that are told well you can't read that you can't understand that it's not right <clears throat> and, it, and it was made uh, that that some people oh you're not learned enough you can't understand what's in there well it's pretty clear especially if, if like us if we have a literal understanding of it and looking and seeing what does it mean we're not pulling stuff out of context we're looking at everything that's around it what was the context what was what was the person thinking when they were reading uh, writing that and and, it, and it's important many of them couldn't like i said couldn't read and so therefore they were kind of at the mercy of those that could read which is kind of sad it's it's kind of like um well sign language interpreter you know they're held to an ethic standard of making sure that what the person is speaking, they're signing. And, of course, it's like most languages, it's not always the exact orientation of the words, but the exact meaning across, so that there's no change in meaning. And, of course, that, that brings up all the things, well, you know, them translations, you know, they can, the people can put in there kind of what they want. Well, it's kind of what was happening when we see some of the newer, the, the modern translations that use the the oldest manuscripts that have all those little errors creeping into them. You know, people wrote what they wanted in there rather than putting what the real word is, what the word of God says. And and it was, nothing was to be kept back from it. There are some groups that will only teach certain parts of the Bible because it says that's only applicable to us. The rest of it, it's not applicable to us. So we're not going to teach it. I'm thankful that we teach all of the scripture the good and the bad the things that point out because some people say well I'm only going to study these because you know it's all about you know God is love and he's you know loves us and he's going to take care of us well what happens when you do wrong oh he loves us and he's going to take care of us but what if you sin well he loves us and he's going to no you know I mean that's all they're going to do they're going to focus on those those things and, you know, sadly, there are people that's going to follow that. But he wants the word read. And it, and it was also all of the people in the church, not just for the adults. And I'm thankful that our, our young ones sit out here during a lot of our services. And sometimes they don't fully understand it. But I tell you what, those young kids, <laughs> they're taking notes. 
Julia is taking notes, a five-year-old taking notes like an adult, or maybe like better than some adults. You know, it, thank you, Brian and Stephanie. <laughs> but it's also the teachings here. It, it's important. Not only is it good for the adults, it's good for the children. And, and sometimes we might have to teach it, you know, at a, at a child level, but really, scriptures are written at a child level when we, when we honestly realize that. And, it, and it's everybody's qualified to understand it. That's why Lisa's a good sign language interpreter. Our deaf can now understand the scriptures the way it needs to be taught. If somebody, for instance, uh, some churches have got, you know, different language uh, people that attend, Spanish, French, depending on that, or our missionaries. They have, might have some English-speaking people. They might have the, the local-speaking people. So they'll have somebody that might interpret that for that group. It's important that everybody, regardless of, of their age, their uh, uh, ability, uh, I think of uh, uh, some folks that have uh, a mentally uh, handicapped people, they have somebody that can explain the gospel to them at their level. It's important. God's word is good for every human being, regardless of their capabilities and their ages and their, their, uh, the, the language skills. And, and it's sad, but it's like a, the Apostle Paul knew that the scriptures were going to be um, lied about. They were going to be misused. Um, like I mentioned, the Roman Catholic Church for years, they said, that we are the only ones that can teach that. We are the learned people. Some other churches are very formal. That very same thing. Oh, you know, you can only hear it from this person. It, and, and nobody else can read it. That's why some churches, uh, well, Bibles were chained into the church. They weren't, because uh, people wanted to read. They, they weren't allowed to. They weren't allowed to take the word out. If you were caught with a Bible, you could face death because they thought that, no, you can't be learning that stuff because you might figure out that we're telling you a lie. That's a very possibility. And, it's, and it's, it's wonderful to know that we have the word written so that the average man can do it. And it's nice that people go to college and they learn the deeper meanings and sometimes able to present them a lot better and I'm thankful for those that do because you know I didn't study Greek I have a hard enough time with English you know so it's and, and to understand what they meant as the writer was writing them is nice to know the history behind it is great but I'm thankful that I can read this I can compare scripture with scripture and that's what we do here and and it's its own commentary it's its own dictionary it takes care of the, the, the scriptures really take care of itself. But it's nice those tools that have come about when they're used properly. It's like a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, I have this Bible dictionary and it's got all the, you know, well, put it aside, read your Bible. And maybe if you got some questions about it, go to those dictionaries, commentaries, maybe you want to get a little buildup of it. But it's important that, that our, the, the richest blessings that we get are straight from the Bible. I, I, and I think if we were to talk amongst each other, we would find out that we actually get more from reading the Bible than we do reading somebody's commentary or going in and, and finding somebody's deeper meaning in something because it might be leading us the wrong way, but it's what, what we read when we read it. 
And then what is so nice is being able to share with each other. What's the scripture that talks about iron sharpeneth iron? <laughs> when we talk amongst each other, it is so nice when we hear the conversations about, hey, I understood that this way, and, I, and I'm thankful that you taught that because for the longest time I looked at it from this angle, and, you know, I'm appreciative of how you presented it. So it's important that, it, that, that they read it to everyone, and it's a great manual for our lives. And it's one that, that I know that we need daily to take in and read. And I feel bad when, when, when I miss Bible reading. And I'm, I'm thankful for those that are, are so ingrained that they do not miss it. And, you know, sometimes circumstances might come up with you. God's faithful. He's thankful when we do come back and read. But he's also saddened when we don't read. You know, and I'm thankful that he, he also lets us know, you know, that, that through his word. And, and it's amazing. You know, we might just be reading through the Bible, just reading, 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 not necessarily studying. And all of a sudden, a verse of scripture we're reading, well, we can apply to our daily life. I didn't know my life was going to put me in the book of Deuteronomy and maybe something out of there spoke to me about what was going on in the day. But, you know, it, it, it's that way. It, and, and it's just how his word is. And without it, well, without it, I would feel lost. You know? Yeah, I'm get on my life without the, without the Bible. No. Because it's so ingrained. It's so well taught into us. The world could care less about it. They don't want to hear about God's word. They don't want to hear about things that are going to give them direction. I'm the master of my life. No. That's only until you die, and then you're going to find out real quick that you no longer are a master of your life. God is. And you've got one of two places you're going to go. If you know Christ is your Savior, you're going to heaven. If not, you rejected him, you'll be in hell, period. And with that, the Apostle Paul closes out his word, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And, and I did the, the, the e-sword search and looked at every one of his epistles. He's got some closing where he talks about the grace of the Lord be with you or some form of it. He opened up Thessalonians asking for grace, talking about grace. And, and that the folks there had a concern about those that had died feeling that they are going to miss out on on the second coming of the Lord or the rapture of the church. And the Apostle Paul was wonderfully explaining to them about that and pointing out that, you know, you guys have taken care of me. But he says, that I want you to learn a few things. And as Brother Chris pointed out, how the rapture affects not only those that died, but those that are living. And that those that died are not going to miss out. And, and it was a major concern. And it, but he also pointed out things for them to be concerned about. And he's, he's pointing out that there are some that, that don't care about the leadership or that look down on the leadership, that don't want to study. But yet they may say they're saved. They say they're part of this church. And, but he wants them to understand that, that as he was going through here that his words were such that would make them a unified group. And he wants the grace of the Lord to be there and, and, and make it so that his grace is extended to every believer. Some more than others because we 
realize that grace and and we're thankful in that we're actually uh, able to uh, promote peace with one another when we greet each other and we 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 talk that and, and he's making it such that it's it for you to take it with you and then share it and so that it, the grace may be the beginning and the end of every one of the works because when he opens up that's what he's asking about too he's pointing out that the grace of the lord uh and i thank you for for praying for me and that it's complete is what the apostle paul is trying to do so as he closes this book out and gets ready to go into his second letter to them you know he's he's wanted to make sure that it's going to be a good effect that the people will take it on board as they were you know if if it applies to you take it and and maybe you need to change your life a little bit and if not use it just in case it's always nice to have it's like you know the some people that uh are, are anti-gun for instance a good example is uh you know it's always nice to have a gun and never need it than to need it and not have it you know it's I'm, I'm thankful that I have the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. I know that he is my savior and he died for me on the cross and he saved me so that I'll be in heaven. I'm thankful that I have that. Without him, well, we have nothing. You know, and, and so, you know, and, and I'm not sure how the student book was laid out, but it, this lesson talked a little bit about appreciation. And back in, I think it was November, we had that month of appreciation and, and it's so important, and that's what the Apostle Paul was doing with these folks. He was thanking them and appreciative of all the work that they did for him and that he wanted to share that back with them. And, and that's what I'm thankful here, um, that we routinely show appreciation. And we could always show more. There's never enough appreciation to go around. But, you know, and it's nice to know, one, that people are praying for you, that you're glad to see each other when we come together, and we're saddened when we depart, but yet we're happy when we communicate throughout the time there. And by doing so, we're, we're keeping each other in prayer, and we kind of challenge each other to, to stay in the word and I'm thankful like I say for the lessons that we have and then the, the communication that we have uh, after uh, some, some of the lessons of, of well you know I understood this this way and it's, it, it's wonderful because as Christians we can be thankful in that way we can show appreciation for one another thankful in prayer thankful for the lessons we're just thankful to, to gather together. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you again for your blessings. Father, we thank you that you love us. You take care of us. You give us more than we deserve with your grace and mercy. Father, I'm thankful that you gather us together. And from your word, you give us wisdom and direction. And that we can be useful and not be just people that are, that are saved and sitting here absorbing everything father i'm thankful for those that give not only of their time and their talents and their monies but just that they give and seem to be giving more and more 
and I'm thankful for this group. I'm thankful for the lessons that we have, and I'm thankful that we can look to you, the author and finisher of everything that we have, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And you got a few extra minutes, so I think the coffee's done. <laughs>